Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. There's always a way you can get the show, and that's simply by going to our podcast feed searching Permission Granted or your favorite podcast feed or searching The DA Show. Subscribe, rate, and review. You'll get the episodes of The DA Show and the PGP on that feed or just the PGP on its own feed. So after we return back from Boise, Idaho, it is time to welcome on Bogues because me and Bogues made the trip together. And now we are back in studio, back together again. Bogues, are you uh, recovering after our flight and our trip and all the the epic adventures we took out of Boise? I, I think I have made the turn, DA. We came back uh, Monday. Monday was a long day after long days, Sunday, Saturday, Friday, and Thursday for me. But And then I had a long Tuesday because did the show like normal, took a quick nap, and then spent almost eight hours at a Dave Matthews band Whoa. tailgate and then concert. Had a quick turnaround on a Wednesday. So Wednesday night... Things were a little rocky. I was pretty beat up Thursday night. And then I don't know what I did. If I like just hit the right exact amount of sleep, a good part in the sleep cycle. But we're sitting here 1045 on a Thursday morning. And I feel surprisingly good. I don't know when, how long it would last, where it came from. But I feel like I'm now back in in the where I'm supposed to be after a really super fun long week. Oh, good because I'm beaten down into a pulp here, and I'm I'm really getting to the finish line of Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern time because I flew out to Boise last Monday night, and so after the show, you got to think about it. I left, I I got up that morning at dark 30 or whatever, and I didn't land in Boise until I think 8 p.m. local time which is 10 p.m. Eastern time. And so that's just a full day of doing the show, getting to the airport, getting on the first flight, checking in the bags, layover in Denver, two hours there, then two hours up in the air, landing in Boise, getting the ride after I get my bags, back to the hotel, check into the hotel. I mean, that was a monster day. And then Tuesday, we were off and running. Tuesday morning, we did the show. And then Tuesday, right after the show, 
we drove up to McCall, Idaho, which is three hours away, to then stay there for the night on the lake. And then the next morning we got up, did the show, Dark 30, that whole thing, and then drove another two hours into the woods to go fishing for sturgeon. Ding, ding, ding. You can add that to the tally. And then right after a full day of that, I mean, no rest for the weary, got into a car and drove three hours, four hours back to Idaho, uh, back to Boise, woke up the next morning, then did the Wednesday morning show. Oh, no, Thursday morning show. That was with you. And then we did Thursday afternoon at Stagecoach, then Friday morning show, and then Friday afternoon at Big Al's, then hosted the pep rally show at Big Al's later that day. I'm screaming, having a good time. Then we go out for beers after that. Wake up Saturday. We've got a college football watch party. Then we get to tailgating and then get to the game at night. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff late. Then we try to find beers after the game. Then I wake up in the morning for Sunday morning football. Do that. Then we go to, to Johnny Ball games for football. Then wake up Monday morning and do the DA show. And then go directly to the airport and fly the two legs back home to New York City, then wake up Tuesday morning and do the show. By Tuesday, as you know, I had no voice left. I was shot. And so I had to take Wednesday off. So it was huge that I could take Wednesday off and you and and Mraz could cover because, you know, when I saw you last uh, in Denver at on Monday afternoon, I was already losing my voice by Tuesday morning. Oh, yeah. It was like 30%. And I was frustrated down the line. And Pete had to calm me down like, don't worry, DA. We'll just get you through this interview. Then we'll hand things over. And I was like so pissed off because I had no voice left. And I wanted to do the show, but I just couldn't. My body had given out. I was like Kellen Winslow being hoisted off the field. I was going to go with Byron Leftwich being carried yeah, down the field by, by Marshall off his alignment. Same, same thing. Uh, and I really think what did you in was the, the bookend long days that I avoided both of them. I was not there for the extra trip north into Idaho and then the fishing and the long ride back down. And then I checked out before you guys started part two of, th- of Saturday night, which became then Sunday morning. And leading into you doing Sunday morning football, I think those two things, you, you you started behind the eight ball with the big effort to do the fishing trip at the start and then never caught up and then threw your body another haymaker with the super long Saturday and then through Sunday as well. If had we had you just stayed in the hotel and maybe taken a longer nap, done nothing, not that we went crazy, but if you just stayed in the hotel and just completely punted on Sunday outdoor activities, I think you would have been okay Monday. But even just getting out of the hotel, talking, being at Johnny Ballgame's house, I think that was the final nail in the coffin where something had to give, and it was your voice. Yeah, I think you're right. Something had to give. It finally did, finally gave out on me. It was like a bulky knee that I just couldn't keep playing catcher anymore. Had to get moved to DH. But... Finally rebounded, which was which was big, and uh, and now I'm looking forward to the weekend and, and resting up. So after your first trip to Boise, what was your biggest takeaway? I mean, it's just 
it's better than you guys described it. And like when we were there, we heard good and bad takes on the amount of people moving to Boise and how big Boise is getting and expanding and growing. Um, and I get why you'd want to live there. I, I get why if you didn't, if you were fed up with California and West Coast prices and lack of space, you can get to Boise with some cash to burn and some space to find. And you're in this beautiful place that I assume too, um, I, for whatever reason, and I learned a lot about it, what I don't know about geographics in that entire part of the country, because Idaho feels like it's tiny to me and you drove for hours and still had hours to go before you would have been outside of Idaho. Yeah. Um, but I, I assumed Idaho had like Minnesota, Wisconsin winters. Like I thought it sucked there in the winter, but it doesn't. It, it only snows a little bit on the actual ground in Boise. Most of the snow stays up in the foothills and the mountains. It doesn't get super duper cold. And then you throw in the summer where it's hot, but it's not humid and I hate humidity. So even the weather is better than I thought. I mean, it's just, it really is a beautiful, beautiful place. And especially if you're like you and you like, I don't even like being out. Like I'm not, I'm not fishing. I'm not hunting. I'm not hiking. So I even miss probably 80% of what Idaho and Boise has to offer. And I still think it's an amazing place. Yeah, Boise's weather is kind of like Denver's weather. You know, you think of Denver as like this cold place with a bunch of blizzards and they ski all the time at altitude. It's not really like that. It does snow, but it's pretty temperate and then it'll 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 melt pretty quickly. Like if you ever see a, a Broncos game in a snowstorm, like that's gone by the next day. It'll stay up in the mountains, but not in in Denver proper. Same thing with Boise. If it snows, it's kind of gone the next day. And they they have fifty degree days in the middle of the winter. And then all of the snow really, and it get they get a lot of snow is up in the mountains. And then you know that's that's two hours north or three hours north or what have you. And it's a lot of snow and a lot of dangerous passes through canyons and mountains, but not Boise itself because Boise is kind of southern, southern Idaho. So yeah, you're right. That's something people don't realize. And I I think the thing that also I took away was just I'm I'm floored by some of the loyalty that we that we have, and this is not kind of some way to grab ass and pat ourselves on the back, but, you know, when I went there last time, you know, it was extraordinary to see lines of people that wanted to drop by and get T-shirts and, and photographs and autographs and th things like this. But this time around, we really challenged how easily it would be for you to hang out with us because we started the shows at 4 a.m. local time. I mean, that's an insane time to start, and we went 4 to 8. Now, that's early for anybody, but we had people at both of the morning show stops that were there before we got on the air. Both mornings, people were there before we got on the air at 4 a.m., which is mind-blowing. One of which was just a parking lot at a coffee shop, Dutch Bros, where there wasn't anything really to do besides, like, go get your coffee, come outside, and just, you know, sit around and, and watch the show. The second part, the second time was at Bacon, which was a breakfast joint. But, like, just to show up to those places between 4 and 8 when it's dark almost the entire day of, of the show. It's only, you know, it got light, like, final hour of the show was extraordinary. And then we had listeners that traveled from northern Idaho to come down and see us. Moscow, which was five-hour drive, five-and-a-half-hour drive. And then we had Dustin, who came down from Seattle, which was between a seven- and eight-hour drive. For people to show up before 4 a.m., stay with the show while it's still dark out and it's cold, and to drive five, six, or seven hours, 
I mean, I don't know about you, Bogues, but I, I don't think I've ever experienced that type of loyalty to anything that I've ever done. And people drove out of their way just to have, I'm assuming the beer was the main draw, but to have beers and talk to me, which makes even less sense. I mean, I just, I said this to you more than once while we were there. <laughs> like, I, I grew up in New York. I loved Mike and the Mad Dog like everybody else around here did. Uh, and it's probably part of the reason why I, I do what I do. But I don't, I don't think I ever would have gone to see them in person do their show. Now, I was lucky enough to work for Mad Dog at Sirius. And as I got to know him, I was the one millionth person to tell him, you know, what he meant to me, whatever. Like, so, so I, I did do that kind of like fanboy thing, but I wouldn't have gone to like a ball, you know, they have a summer kickoff bar show. I wouldn't have stood outside Shea Stadium or Yankee Stadium and like shook their hand. I, I just wouldn't have done it. So the fact that somebody did it for me, for us, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. And it's, and I, it's, flattering is not the right word. Like, I'm struggling to find the right word because none of them seem fitting. Like, I just, I can't believe people drove five minutes, let alone five hours to come talk to me and ask a question about Pete or Sean or something else. It was extraordinary. And it's also extraordinary because a lot of the people that came, came to multiple events that when they were there to see us, they came to a morning show and an afternoon show, both morning shows the pep rally and you know we saw them at the tailgate or something like that it was just it was like people or or at the college football uh, watch party earlier on saturday we just had a bunch of people that that kind of kept wanting to hang around and say hello and spend some time with us and they became really friends more than anything so i i have a lot of a lot of admiration and a lot of appreciation for the the people in, in that part of the country because those that really love the show, I mean, really love the show, and they were really great to hang out with, and re we really felt the love. So that was amazing. The other thing that was amazing, I thought, was just how often somebody wanted us to try their food or drink their beer or do something that they were serving. And, like, I don't get that many places, but here was, like, Hey, uh, put in your order. We're going to bring this to the studio tomorrow. Or, uh, hey, what would you like? We want you to try this. Or, hey, what kind of beer do you like? Like, we want we want to do that. I mean, whether it was Goldie's who fashioned breakfast for us m multiple times, they actually you know set aside the Chris Peterson booth for us to have breakfast on Saturday morning. Whether it was the beer place that we went to, and they're like, oh, hey, we we thought you might like this, or what do you kind of like? Because we want to hook you up with this. Whether it was even Johnny Ballgame who like pulled out a beer from his freezer that specifically for you. Hey, we know, I knew that you like this. Like, I want you to try this. I thought that was also extraordinary that so many people just wanted us to try what they had because they kind of figured we would like it. Yeah, and like, we're not that cool. And I don't know that much about no. beer to be to really give you, like, to for me to be the one that confirms that this is a good beer. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean... I just, I don't know where to begin. And you said this on the air multiple times, the amount of people that's, that thanked us for coming as if like we were doing them a favor. Like, I don't, I don't like, th thank you for coming. Like, thank you for coming. It's like, thank you for being here. I mean, of course, how we would come back every weekend at this point because you guys love us so much. Like <laughs> we're the ones who be thanking you for even, for making it even possible. It was a really good lesson in, in gratitude and appreciation from that standpoint. So many people said, hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for showing up. 
that it was really easy to give them the love back. You know, when you say that to somebody, the, the people that you say that to want to do right by you. And so the entire week, you know, we wanted to make sure we did right by Boise and, and do, do right by the event promoters and do right by the restaurant owners and do right by the station and do right by the listeners. And so both you and I, and I really appreciated this part of you coming out, like you really cared about talking to the listeners. You cared about engaging. You didn't blow them off. You didn't cut uh, conversations short. You weren't annoyed by them. You really engaged. And that comes from when they said, hey, thanks for coming. Like you feel like, well, of course, like you guys have rolled out the red carpet for us. Of course we would come. But it also makes you want to engage and have a conversation with them and hear what they're thinking, what they like about the show, et cetera. So that that part is is kind of constantly amazing. And I think people wonder, like, what what the hell is going on in Boise with you guys? Like, why are you so big in Boise? Why, what is the what's the deal there? And, you know, you and I talked about it a little bit. And I think there's probably a confluence of events that creates this. But one of the things that creates it is there just seems to be a lot of people in that area of the country that get the show, that find the show funny for whatever myriad of reasons the show might be funny or quirky or oddball or something. It just seemed like there was a lot of people that just got it, that liked it for its insanity or whatever. And I, I'm, I don't know if that's <laughs> unique for that region or that city, but that was the thing that stuck out, stuck out to me. You know, the people that we talked to really got the show and, and they understood what was funny and interesting about it. I mean, a lady handcrafted mugs for us full yep. of show references and jokes. I mean, and I don't didn't didn't leave one off. I mean, got all, got them all and I think drew out drew you and me well. Sean was still like un Uncle Fester or it looks like it's a, a mix of Sean and Pete squished together like one person to save space. But I mean, like again, the commitment to do it, just to do it first of all, do it three times. She made three mugs. And the the intricacies of the show all across the mug. I mean, it's just I don't I I, I don't know what to do with it because I want to use it because I love it and it's amazing. But I'm afraid to use it because I would never want it to like break or something. So I like I can't figure out what to do with this mug because it, it's so special. It means so much to me. I don't. I don't. I want it to last forever, and I feel like drinking coffee out of that is asking for trouble. Yeah, we had uh, we had two women that came over. I, I believe they worked in a hospital. I think they said they were going to go over to the hospital, but such sweethearts, and uh, they they had fashioned us mugs where they actually drew on their cartoons of us as Bogue said, and then also references to the show. Like there was an ostrich head on it, and it said ostrich eyes. And there was the uh, math equation that Mraz got wrong. Eight times four equals 42, they wrote on this. Uh, they also have a little, um, they drew on their uh, a mothership and uh, beam me up. And then there's also a postage stamp with a finger <laughs> pointing at it of what side to put the stamp, which is a famous mistake that Mraz made, didn't know where to put the stamp on the, on the envelope. So, um, yeah, things like that were so unique and so, so particular and specific that they were really special. That the entire week and management at at 90, uh, 93.1 KTIK is just really special people as well. They care about us. They care about the show. They cared about the remotes. They cared about the listeners. Um, like the whole thing. Like Dustin drove down from Seattle, didn't have a, a ticket, and they they found him a ticket. They got him a ticket because they don't. You know, I said, hey, this guy can't have come all the way down here and not go to the game. They said, absolutely, we will take care of him. So they just cared about everybody, and that was really awesome. So. 
once again, Boise shined, and I can't say enough wonderful things, and I'm trying to sell it once again to my, my dad and my brother to go back out there to do fishing at some point in time because that was an amazing experience. My buddy Jonah, who came out uh, from New York because he had heard about how great my first trip was to go see the game, was like, man, that was even better than I could have figured. So he was blown away by it. So it was it was awesome. I would say out of everything, there was only one negative. And it doesn't even include me losing my voice, folks. There was only one negative. Can you guess what the one negative the entire week was? Um, It wasn't that Sean wasn't there. Oh, no. A lot of folks no, no. thanked us for that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was that Boise State lost the football game, but that's the only thing I can think of right now because it's not the fact that our hotel rooms weren't cleaned for five days. That, no. wouldn't, that wouldn't be it either. So no. I'm going to go with the game, the game itself, and the beer and the loss, everything kind of put together Saturday night at the football stadium. So the loss was a bummer because we really wanted Boise State to pull this thing out for obvious reasons. But also, you know, the, the city is all about this game. It's their chance to have a Power 5 team on their turf and – they were great in the first half and then laid a turd in the second half. So that's a bummer. But that's that's not anybody's fault. But, the, you know, whatever. It was the beer situation at the game because yeah. that was totally avoidable. And, you know, what ended up happening was, I guess this year for the first time ever, they started serving beer at the stadium. Now, I don't know if this was always a rule there. It might not have been. But I've oftentimes gone to college football games. And because it's on campus, you can't serve beer in the uh, in the stadium. What they've done is... They let you in, and then they give you the halftime break to go back outside. You go back to the tailgate, and then you come back in since you will be dry from kickoff until halftime and then third quarter until the end of the game. So this has happened at a number of stadiums I've been to. I just assume this is what's going to happen at this stadium. It did not. They kept everybody in there, and they said, we're going to serve beer, which is fine, but you got to serve the beer. And there were lines. I mean, the lines for the beer. Now, Oklahoma State fans, you know, are going to drink a lot. But, you know, Boise fans apparently can drink a lot as well. There's a million, you know, breweries, as we said, in the area, so they know their beer. The lines were minimum 75 people long. You said you had to wait in the line for 75 people just to buy a wristband, then to wait in another line to actually buy the beer, which is devastating. And then, beginning of the third quarter, five minutes into the second half, they closed the beer stand and said we ran out. Now, this is the biggest home game you will have all season long. Okie State is in town, and you ran out of beer. This isn't the last game of the season. This is the second game of the season for you at home. You ran out of beer? Like, that that can't be an excuse. you got to go across the street and, like, pick up 730 packs. You know, just keep, you know, just back up the the, the, the truck, the, the beer truck. So that happens. <coughs> and Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer. With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Then after the game, we try to go to the Chili's next door. What happens, Morat? What happens, folks? <laughs> they, they, they closed the Chili's. They said Chili's ran out of beer. Yeah. Not, not even Chili's itself, just a lady outside who I think had already suffered the heartbreak we were about to suffer goes, they're closed, they ran out of stuff. Ran then, out of stuff. Out of stuff, ran out of stuff. And everything else was closed. There were multiple fast food places closed. There were, I think it was called like Happy Teriyaki or something along those lines, also closed. <laughs> it's like they didn't know there was going to be a football game on that Saturday night. And, and, I, and maybe there's... Deeper reasons people brought up, you know, labor shortages and wage issues and all that kind of stuff. So maybe they're they're struggling to be open, period. But I feel like you should have whatever whatever capabilities you have for being open should have been focused around the football game because I can't imagine the amount of money that was ready to be spent at those places post football, angry after a loss, angry after no beers, and everyone's door was closed. <laughs> it was it is the ultimate buzzkill. This is the most ultimate buzzkill ever. We come from this awesome um, college football uh, watch party at Twisted District, this great beer place and brewery in Boise. They have us there. We're having all these great beers. We're ready. We're getting tuned up for the game. We go out to the tailgate, get a case of beers. We're enjoying that. That is awesome. We're feeling good, doing well, Go inside the stadium, getting ready for kickoff. And then from the moment we enter the stadium, we did not acquire another beer until 90 minutes after the game, two hours after the game. You were talking about like a six-hour wait between us, ready to go, let's go into the stadium, this is going to be great. And then also, in between that, waiting in line, and they they run out of beer, walk to Chili's, they've run out of everything yeah, the the Boise State team loses in heartbreaking fashion and doesn't score a point in the second half. And then, you know, we go downtown and, like, the first three establishments are closed early. You're just like, man, we can't catch a break. And so we we started that night, or, or we ended that night by trying to go to uh, a corner hot dog stand to get some food in our system since at least that was open. And that's when you waved it off. You're like, you know what, guys? You enjoy your street hot dogs. I think this is where I say goodnight. Yeah, I do regret not having the street hot dog. In retrospect, I think that that was a, a dropped pass by me for sure. That was that, that. If I was on a flag football team, I would be demoted from tight end to center for that uh-huh. drop. But yeah. but in but now coming off your your talking issues, I think I did make the right call in going back in because my logic was. I could probably do another hour, but I know that DA and Jonah are going to want to be out for longer than that, and I don't want to call it mid-bar hop. Like, this this, this is the time to do it now or be in until the end, and being in till the end 
scared me because I didn't know what you guys were all going to be up to. So I made the early call, and I think physically it was the right decision, but I do wish I could circle back to the hot dog tent and grab one of those boys to eat back in my room while I was happily falling asleep. I think I want to end off on this. One of the highlights, I mean, there were so many highlights. Obviously, the scenery was amazing. McCall on Lake Payette was amazing. The fishing, uh, the fishing for Sturgeon was amazing. The remotes were amazing. I really loved the Friday pep rally at Big Al's. That was awesome. I really loved everything. There were two anecdotes, uh, and of, of course, the tailgate of the game, and then the game itself was really fun just to be back at Albert. Since we got to walk the blue turf, that was so cool and see it by ourselves uh, before the game. I mean, there were so many highlights, but two things I really want to address. Number one, let's start with a high, and then we'll hit a low. The high is the double-decker bus that we took to the game and from the game was so badass. One of the listeners to the show has decked out his own double-decker bus that's Boise State-themed and has a grill on the second deck of it where his wife cooks amazing hamburgers for everybody on the bus. He had reached out to the station and said, hey, if you guys want a ride, we'd love to bring you. And we were like, I said, yes, absolutely, we want on this bus. So they picked us up from our hotel, took us downtown, and then headed over to the stadium, and then we, we took it back as well. These people were amazing. The bus was tricked out and awesome, and that was one of my favorite entrances ever to a game and from a game. Your thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to get to your low. I was uh, waiting no, no. for you to, I, to, I want you to, to no, transition. No. I'm, in the, I'm thinking the um, the bus was called Whimsy Driver. I think is the is the Instagram tag for for the for the bus, and they were putting Whimsy sauce on right. their hamburgers, which was, I mean, a chef's kiss to an already delicious burger. But this sauce was unbelievable. Um, the again. They bought this bus on a whim in, I think they said, Arizona. Got it back to Idaho on their own, turned it into a party van. It was so legitimate that people thought it was an actual bus that could take them away from the (laughs) game back to different locations in Boise. I mean, you should go to every game like that. I don't like the next time I drive my regular car to City Field is going to be a downer. Yep. Because this thing was like riding like a king. It was the perfect way to cap off the weekend where we were far too important and far too liked that we ran that we rolled into the game on the top of a double-decker bus waving to people who thought we were still cool. It was Randy Langley and his wife who drive the double-decker bus, as you said, the whimsy bus. And it is just so cool. And I can't thank them enough for having us and being wonderful hosts. That was so much fun. And uh, I posted all pictures of this on my Instagram, so you can check that out, at Damon Amendo. Uh, Just look at my Back to Boise stories. It's like an Instagram tab at the top of a little circle, and you'll see it in there. The low point was at um, at the pep rally at Friday night when we had this really great uh, first 45 minutes of the show, breaking down the game, talking to former players, the current play-by-play broadcaster as well, doing that whole thing. And I had kept promoting, I've got a very special guest, very special guest, and ended up <laughs> that it was a uh, an undisclosed, car- uh, undisclosed person in a Mad Hatter Halloween costume wearing a mullet, and it was supposed to be Mike Gundy. And... 
He comes out, and we're going to give away the two tickets. And I'm thinking one of two things will happen. There will be a roar of laughter that this is who it is, or a boo and a hiss that, you know, it's, oh, Mike Gundy, we hate him. (laughs) And it was neither. It was stunned silence. It was awkward silence. It was, I don't get this. Is this funny? Is this scary? Is this stupid? And the character, the Mad Hatter, did his best to uh, to pump the crowd up and to yell, I'm a man, I'm 40. But it just fell on such deaf ears that it was one of the worst bits in DA show history. Did not happen on the air, but it was a bit in DA show history. I could only uh, connect it maybe related to like old Conan O'Brien bits from when he was on Late Late Night on NBC in his early years where they had these really weird costumes and really weird characters and you didn't know if it was funny or if it was just so bad it was funny. Although I'm worried that this wasn't even so bad it was funny. It just was unfunny and awkward. But I think that was unfortunately a low point and uh, perhaps a strategic misfire by yours truly. Yeah, listen, they can't all be winners, okay? If we had Swinger a miss come back, this would be probably maybe maybe the miss of all misses. Uh-huh. It just it, it didn't work. Also, too, like there was a delay in getting Mike Gundy on stage, yeah. which I think upped the anticipation. So there was like kind of almost farther to fall because of that. It just it it didn't land. You put the plane up in the air looking for for you know a perfect joke, and we just we missed our landing. But you, again, you can't. No one throws a perfect game, right? I mean, you just—they're hard to come by. Everything else on the weekend worked. Um, as I said in the moment, I hoped everybody else could see it. That wasn't me just hallucinating from all the beer I had already drink it and drank. But yes, it was. It did actually happen. And um, whatever, you know, we only a handful of us will remember it, and it can't be held against you because there's no video or audio of it. So you win in that regard. That's actually a really good point. Had it happened on air with video. Um you know, on the DA show nationally with video, it, it would have been far harder to stomach. But I don't know if there's going to be any record of it happening. But it definitely goes down in history as one of the worst bits in DA show history. And, I mean, frankly, you know, with a, with a full house there to watch it, it's far more devastating when the joke doesn't land. If the joke doesn't land in studio and, like, the three of you guys don't laugh, I can live with that. If, like... An assort, like an assembled crowd at the end of a pep rally doesn't laugh, that really hits home hard. Like, man, you really, you, you're, yeah, this was really unfunny. <laughs> well, and let, let me give you one escape hatch here. Okay. And I'll say this, yeah, I'll you don't need it. to follow up or anything, but let's just say that was like plan G for the for this this um this pep rally mm. so it was it was last resort it was this was not the initial brainchild we did not workshop this all week this was not our baby for five or six days with focus groups that's a good and point. test audiences like this was really on the fly so it just didn't work but thank you know it, it would it'd be worse if there was a lot of effort put into that and had that reaction this was just off the cuff, basically, trying to make something happen, and we just missed the mark. No big right. deal. Right. That's a good point. It's like being down six, and you receive the kickoff, and you get it at your own you know, 10-yard line, and then you've got to throw like 17 laterals. If it works, hallelujah, but it's usually not going to work, and it's going to look really ugly not working because it's your last desperation resort. And so that's kind of what happened here. Yeah. With you know the- what? Let's use a Boise reference. This was our Statue of Liberty. We called the Statue of Liberty play, needing a two-point <laughs> conversion to beat Oklahoma. 
and the statue crumbled. But but thankfully for the Broncos, the real one worked for them in the biggest moment. So we can we can take this L. That's a good way to put it. So that is the recap of the Boise trip. Thank you, Boise. It was amazing. Uh, once again, can't wait to do it again, hopefully a couple of years from now. But that was a lot of fun in Bogues. It was really a lot of fun just to hang out for almost a week with you, man. That was good. We make good traveling partners, I think. So I appreciate how good a sport you were with everything. And uh, we got to do it again. No, it was it was amazing beyond belief. The people were amazing. The station was great. The city is beautiful. Thank you for having me. And again, thank you to Danielle for her moment of yeah. weakness roughly 10 months ago. Um, that led to, to baby number two coming right now that let me be on, on this trip to begin with. Thank you, Danielle, for that moment of weakness and forgetting what a disaster this decision could be to have a second shot with Merez as the father. All right, that is side A. Here comes Bogues and Merez on side B. How did it diggle diggle do? It is side B of the PGP, and how are you? It's me. It's Andrew Bogish. It's side B of the PGP. After you just listen to Bogish and DA break down their Boise trip. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing so well, Sean. How are you, more importantly? I'm uh, I'm good. Look, we continue to be on baby watch at the Mraz residence. We have hit the nitty-gritty here of assuming this baby could come at any moment in time, so we continue to track that. It was fun on Thursday's show as the Wizard of Watch DA whooped out the baby watch graphic, so who knows? I might be a father of two by the next PGP, or at least I would hope that's the case, because if this really carries on into midway through next week, it's going to be a lot on my life, Bokish, a lot of my life. Yeah, and again, you are certainly the main concern here, not your wife or your baby, so we want to make sure that you're okay. So, yes, let's get this thing out of Danielle ASAP. Well, no, she is the main concern. She wants the baby out, Uh, and as I said, the reason that I have switched to working from home is we had, and again, scare is the wrong word because it's not a scare. We had a false start. Yeah, we had a false, and and as you explained, that can happen in in births, and basically— there was enough of a scare that I said, boy, you know, if this happens and it's 6.30 in the morning and we're half an hour into the show and now I am in the teeth of New York City traffic trying to get back and it's a quick berth. I, I did a GPS search. Bogus, we were looking at it in traffic. Uh, the day that that I was late to the show because I thought something could happen, I, I you know, I, I looked up what work would be. It was two and a half hours from our office back to the hospital in yeah. New York City traffic. Like, to me... That's a big risk. That's a big risk. So I'm very now concerned here. You know, it'd be the irony of all ironies is I don't go to Boise to not miss the birth of my kid, but I miss it because I'm stuck in traffic leaving the studio. Wouldn't that be something? It would. And I feel like it's still on the table, even being so close to home. I mean, you can get very easily distracted, make a wrong turn, drive into a water-covered hole and be stuck again. I mean, any number of things could befall you on the way to the hospital and prevent you from being there on time. Right, which makes me think, I mean, this has to have happened to people, right? There, there's no doubt that probably several people over the years have missed the birth of their kids just by not being able to get home from work in time. That stinks. Oh, of course. Yeah. That stinks. It was something I had not considered because my first child, Taylor, was born on a Saturday. Now, more importantly, forget my kid because that's not more important. You have now completed, I believe, your first trip on the road with DA. Is that correct? With DA, yes, that is correct. Okay. And you guys, same hotel, obviously different rooms. Boise took care of you. I mean, you did shows together. You did meet and greets together. You did tailgates together. 
I have done so many of these and had so many funny moments and intricacies with DA along the way. I was very jealous to not be a part of it. But now I am very curious to get your behind-the-scenes thoughts on traveling with DA. Now, you missed out on a lot of the flying with him to there. I, I guess you guys were in the airport on the way back. But the overall spectrum, give me something that surprised you about spending that much time with DA on the road. So... I don't know that this is a travel-specific thing, but it, it just came up because we were around each other for so long. Plus, his friend Jonah was with us um, as well Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that brought up different topics. But I was, I was reminded of it on Thursday morning on the show when we were talking about the Mets documentary because I had brought up – we talked about it on the air Thursday. And then Friday night, I had watched the first episode – in our random times back in the hotel room. So I started talking about it at dinner and his friend Joan had already seen it. So we were talking and going back and forth and DA goes, how did you guys watch that? <laughs> and both me and Jonah were like, um, uh, on ESPN plus. Oh, you can like, and then he had the, like a series of questions about like paying for it, streaming, and then on Sunday, he seemed confused, and th or even Thursday night started too, because the Giants and Washington were only on um, NFL, NFL Network, Network, and we were not in New York, where we'd normally be on a regular channel too. The game was not on one of our TVs. It was not on our TV in our hotel. So I immediately went to my iPad and, and found it within 30 seconds, and then my phone buzzes how, from him, how are you watching this game? So and then Sunday, oh. he I had my my iPad going the some my Sunday ticket app on my iPad. I was watching a different game like through the Fox app. Like I, I had I had three right screens, not illegal screens. streams by the way. You no can no go no to NFL Network all things I pay for that I normally have. Right, you and can so punch he, in your cable lost. subscriber and they give them to you. Exactly. Right, he was lost again on Sunday only watching the two games given to us in the Boise market, which at for the early window was uh, the Steelers game and the Niners-Eagles was by the Fox affiliate there. So I was, I I'm shocked by, like, Mr. YouTube, Mr. Nomad, Mr. Social Media. He apparently doesn't understand how, like, streaming video works. Well, and how could we expect him then to be watching Breaking Bad or anything other than Hubie Halloween exactly. if that's his basis? Okay, so that's yeah. an interesting takeaway. DA maybe not as technologically advanced as you'd think. Is that fair to say? And I mean, and I pay probably for certainly actually for too many of these streaming services. I probably should sit down, like weed some of them out, and stop paying for ones that I barely ever turn on. But like because I pay for all of them. And my DirecTV package, I can watch whatever I want, whenever, wherever I want to. And it sounds, I, I does he not have Sunday ticket at his house, or does he only have Red Zone? Like I don't, I don't know what his setup is at home, his base setup. But even I feel like his so base I, I, setup should translate to the road somehow. But he just didn't know what to do. Right. Basically, how it works. Well, if anybody knows how it works, I don't believe he's actually a DirecTV subscriber. I think he's very big on the Red Zone. Any other games? Because he asked me because I'm a DirecTV subscriber, like you are, with getting the Sunday ticket, and he asked me a lot of questions about the beginning. But they may not have been able to service his area. Uh, and look, let's face it, there's plenty of illegal ways you could watch games too that we won't reference right. on the air. I mean, we won't we won't turn a blind eye to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
like that's the other part, that's the other part where I half half joke around. Like if if Daniel wanted to labor and it was Thursday night football, I in the hospital. No, even on my phone, I'm going to be able to watch watch whatever I got because I could watch whatever's yeah. on all my cable packages and all that. So that is that is fascinating. Like I know that. If I was in boys in that hotel room, absolutely, I fire up the laptop or whatever, and I would even go as far as doing an HDMI cord and getting it on the TV. I could go that far, but interesting. Yeah. So that's an interesting takeaway. Maybe DA less technologically advanced, at least when it comes to television and streaming, than we'd think. All right, now on the meal aspect of this, take me behind the scenes on the meal part of this. Now we received several gift cards. When we went to Boise the first time on different restaurants they wanted us to try. Did you guys get a similar package or were the meals already kind of prefigured, hey, you're going here, you're going here, what's coming you're coming with us? We we did not get any gift cards, but I mean, I'm trying to think now. So I got there Wednesday night. Thursday morning we did the show outside the coffee shop and they gave me a free coffee because and DA doesn't drink coffee. And then the delicious Goldies and the great Wanda who runs Goldies and the stagecoach sent us breakfast Thursday morning. And we ate there Saturday morning before the game. And they comped that for us because they're amazing. And then Sunday, I mean, Monday morning, they sent breakfast to the studio when we were doing the show on Monday morning. So that was incredible. Thursday, Saturday, Monday, three breakfasts from them. Thursday afternoon or evening, we had a huge dinner at their 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 full restaurant, the historic Stagecoach outside of Boise, I, I had stuffed I my mean, fat face there. The prawns, you the know, prime appetizers. Rib, the I had a yeah. huge thing of prime rib, dessert, a beer, and didn't didn't pay for that either. Um, I'm trying, to, and then obviously we had a ton of food Friday morning at the now hopefully world famous Bacon. They brought food to us during the show. You saw the bacon cinnamon roll. We each had part of that. Then they brought out. Um, one of their eggs, Benedict, and this huge, delicious fried chicken, fried egg, it had oh. sausage gravy on it, on a huge, flaky, buttery biscuit. But they brought it out while we were talking to somebody, uh, and then at, by the time we got to around to like be able to eat it, it was kind of cold. And smartly, I will give them credit. I started to eat this. I cut the sandwich apart. We separated everything so we could each have our own, you know, taste of everything. I started to eat the sandwich with a knife and fork because there was no way to pick it up. It was that huge and delicious and gooey and whatever. But I started to eat it, and it was amazing, but it was cold. And the guy came over, Gibson, who runs bacon, and was like, made us stop eating it. Like, he didn't like he, he didn't want us to ah, eat. He, no, no it was just like, he, he didn't want us to eat something that didn't represent the kitchen correctly. So he's like, finish the show, come inside, we'll get you whatever you want. So we went inside and ordered fresh food, and ate that, and that was delicious. So oh, the hospitality. And then we ate food, you know, we ate for free basically at the game on Saturday. So I, I think we only paid for dinner Friday night. No, because yeah, dinner Friday night, and then we've and then um, like food after the game Saturday, and then brunch on Sunday. We paid okay. for ourselves, but everything else was was on the arm. So there was never a point in time where there might have been a disagreement where you weren't into going to eat somewhere that DA wanted to go to eat or vice versa or anything like that. No, the only the only disagreement and it wasn't even that was when they kept going and I left on Saturday <laughs> night when <laughs> Saturday they were they night, restarted right. their day and I was like I can't do this again because in the like in the lot before the game we were all feeling good trending in the right direction. One of the guys that works in Boys was taking great care of us. He. In the middle of the game, he's like, I got to go. I'm out. Like, and then, but there was no drinking during the game. And then, right, or immediately after the game. 
So by the time, and then we we walked to three or four different places trying to find food and drink at like 11 o'clock Saturday night and no one was serving food anymore. So then all of a sudden it was almost midnight and I just didn't want to start going again. DA, Jonah, and the listener, Dustin, who DA mentioned on Monday's show. So I want to tell you about a loyalty alien named Dustin because this dude inspired me as well and I'm so glad I got to meet him. He lives in Seattle. He's been hooked on the show since we were on early mornings there in Seattle. And he decided, you know what? I got to go see the DA show. He drove down here. And that's about a seven and a half hour drive. So he's like, I got to go see the DA show. I got to go see these dudes. So first of all, just making a seven and a half hour drive from Seattle to come see us is enough to just make me so grateful and thankful that we have people that love the show that much. But also, Dustin is is in a wheelchair. He has been since he was young, so it's not incredibly easy for him just to jump around, get around, what have you. He did this drive solo, came down, showed up, had an Airbnb, okay, and we're just like, I'm just going to go see the show. I don't even have a ticket to the game. So I'm like, you don't have a ticket? It's like, no, man, it's, it's not a problem. I just wanted to come down and, like, hang out. Like, that is such a leap of faith to just come down there and, and do it. So I'm like, we're going to work on the ticket for you, man. You drove seven and a half freaking hours without a ticket. We're, we're, we'll work on that. And because management here at the ticket is amazing, they came up with a ticket for him at this game yesterday. Give him the ticket. He's so thankful. He's like, this is awesome. Get to hang out with him all day. Go inside, hang out with him at the game as well. After the game, hang out with him after the game as well. And just like picking his brain about what he was thinking. He goes, I didn't know it was going to happen, but I just wanted to come say hi and then look at what happened. You know, I met friends. I developed these these friendships. I got to go to the game. And I'm just like, that is such a great lesson in life to just go do it, to just go do it. No matter what you think your limitations are, just go do it. Had this each got these big delicious hot dogs from a food vendor and then went back out for two plus hours. So that was the only time that we ever actually like broke apart. Otherwise, we were all together having fun. And you referenced that as the turning point to where DA could have lost his voice. Okay, one last one for you, Bogues. Uh, any situations where you could feel DA getting a little cranky, a little tired, burning the candle at both ends, and therefore you had to step in in listener situations and kind of... You know, do the meet and greet and give him a blow where you sensed, oh boy, DA's temper might be getting out of hand here. No, 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 and nothing like that. I mean, there was because he doesn't have a temper. Yeah. It's cranky. I mean, he left me out. He left me out to dry, as we discussed on the air in the cab Sunday afternoon. But that was that had nothing to do with his. That was just a strategic <laughs> veteran move by him. Yesterday, we we're gonna take an Uber over to Johnny Ballgame's house. Really good dude. So he says, come over, we'll watch football, just hang out at my place. So we get an Uber over there. Almost immediately, I can tell this Uber driver is a talker, and I'm just out. Okay, yeah. because Saturday was a long day. We had the college football watch party early. We had the tailgate. We had the game. We had the post game. I woke up for Sunday morning football yesterday. I'm just grinded to a nub yesterday. I got nothing left of the tank. So I just want to get in this Uber, get over to Johnny's house, watch some football. And this guy's Uber talker. And I'm like, oh, God, I am I just can't. I'm, on, I'm just acting like I'm, 
I can't talk. I'm on my phone just pretending. <laughs> stop talking. Bogues engages. And this guy tells us <laughs> one of the most ridiculous career aspirations ever. He wants to be the voice actor. <laughs> Which is not a thing. Nope. For paintball. Oh, yeah. Paintball. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened was, and you and I broke this down last week, the way the schedule was, we did, we each went back to the room and napped and like showered and changed clothes after the more after our show before our afternoon commitments so each day thursday and friday were like two distinct days there was up early show breakfast shaking hands taking pictures back to the room for like three hours go back out for a while so i i think the daily resets on thursday and friday um helped him a bunch i don't there was never and maybe i missed it but there was i don't think he was ever out in public getting in that in that cranky way i think the midday naps were the key because we had, had we kept going non-stop then both of us would have been horrible people but the nap definitely helped us avoid that all right so there you go a little behind the scenes on traveling with da from andrew bogish that was good to compare notes all right bogey let the listeners know where you can follow you on twitter after you became a boise celebrity at andrew bogish and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at Mraz cbs have a great week everyone Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.